0: There is a story that has its origins in an ancient Buddhist text about six blind men who encounter an elephant for the first time. So the first blind man touches the trunk of the elephant and says, it is like a snake. The second touches the ear and says, no, it's like a fan. The third, feeling the leg, says, it's like a tree trunk. The fourth touches the tail and says, you're all wrong, it's like a rope. The fifth touches the tusk and says, it's like a spear. And the sixth blind man rests against the body, the elephant, and said, it is like a wall. Now this ancient story has been used in recent times to explain the different world religions. People experience different aspects of divine reality, and they assume that their experience tells the whole story about it. There is some value to this story. I think it is conducive towards coexistence. It says we have perspectives, none of us has the whole truth, so let's learn from each other and get along. Secondly, I also think it is respectful of the divine mystery, the source of being, that which brought all things into being, which is not bound by time or space, is an intelligence and power far greater than we can imagine. And in Catholic theology, this is called the apophatic, or the way of negation. It emphasizes the absolute transcendence and unknowability of the essence of God. But there is one fatal flaw with the story of the six blind men and the elephant. And that is that it assumes that the divine is mute. That we grope in the dark and the divine remains silent. But actually, the elephant talks. (laughs) Hey guys, you have some interesting ideas about what I'm like, but let me tell you about myself In my own words. In our second reading, the letter to the Hebrews, we heard. In times past, God spoke in partial and various ways to our ancestors through the prophets. In these last days, He has spoken to us through the Son. Jesus is the fullness of God's revelation to humanity. Our gospel that we heard was from the beginning of the gospel according to John. In the old liturgy, it used to be read at the end of every Mass. I won't ask you to raise your hand if you remember that, because that's going to tell us that you were very old. But, um, right, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. In Greek, the the Logos. But not only was the Logos with God, the Logos was God. And everything else that came into existence came into existence through the Word. The Word and at some point the word becomes flesh and dwells among us and we saw his glory sometimes it is said by way of exaggeration among those in real estate that the three most important things in real estate are location 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 right that's one thing but they're just trying to emphasize huh well it might be said in a similar way by by those who are experts in relationships that the Three most important things in a relationship are communication, communication, and communication. We celebrate Christmas because a Savior is born to us. And this Savior is the revelation of God. God's perfect communication. This life was the light of the human race. This light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Darkness indicating ignorance and obscurity. Light indicating revelation and truth. But today in Christmas, we're thinking of the Word made flesh who is now a baby in a manger and not speaking anything yet, right? So Jesus did not come out of Mary's womb speaking in full sentences, right? So he learned to grow as he got older. My personal guess, his first word was Abba, but I don't know, I'm just guessing. Is the Aramaic word for daddy. But it's, the angels now had told Mary and Joseph certain things about Jesus. So they communicated things about who he was and his mission. And so the answer to most of the questions in the song Mary, Did You Know? is yes, she did know because the angel told her. The angel told Mary and Joseph that that he was the long-awaited Messiah that he was to be uniquely conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit in the womb of the Virgin, that he would save people from their sins, and that he would reign forever on David's throne. So even though the baby Jesus isn't saying anything, the very fact, though, of his incarnation is speaking volumes. Because in the word becoming flesh, God says to humanity, I love you, I want to share your life, and I want you to share my life. Many years ago, there was a story about an elementary school girl who was diagnosed with leukemia. She had to miss a lot of time from school. She was getting treatments. It was very difficult. And one of the side effects of the treatments was that she would lose her hair. She would be bald. And so they wanted to prepare her classmates when she returned not to be shocked and not to make fun of her. When she finally did return to class, she was quite surprised to see all of her classmates smiling faces and bald heads. Because all of them, boys and girls, shaved their heads to be in solidarity with her. In the same way, God comes to us in our weakness. Here he is an infant, wrapped in swaddling clothes. God, whom the whole universe cannot contain, is a baby being held in the arms of his mother. God, who creates everything and sustains it in being at every moment, becomes totally dependent on others to feed him, to protect him, to change his diapers. So, Jesus is God's perfect revelation to us, His perfect communication. And therefore, it is so important for us that we know everything we can about what Jesus said and did. And our privileged source for that is the Holy Bible. St. Jerome said that ignorance of Scripture was ignorance of Christ. People often, many people even who grow up in the church, going to Catholic schools have an incomplete understanding of Jesus because they've never really taken the time to get to know him through, through the record of revelation that we have. So if you haven't yet made your New Year's resolution, let me suggest something to you. That you that you read the Bible and if, if you're unfamiliar, you don't know where to start, let me suggest it's an online resource, it's called the Bible in a Year and it's uh, it's led or taught by Father Mike Smits. And at one point it was, I think, the number one uh, podcast on iTunes. And 20 to 30 minutes a day, by the end of the year, you'll have a really good sense of the story of salvation and you will know more about who our Savior is. The gift that you can give to Jesus is to say to him, I'm going to take the time to get to know you better and then to follow through. God has spoken to us in and through his Son, And yet there are times when we wish he would speak more and more immediately to us in our present situation. Sometimes when you have a difficult decision to make, it would be nice, right, if God could just send you a text message and say, this is what you should do. During times of suffering and loss, God can seem silent. Some of you may be celebrating the first Christmas without a beloved family member who has passed away since the last Christmas. Maybe some of you are undergoing a tremendous trial, and you feel like Job. You've lost so much. And uh, on top of it all, you have friends who give long and boring explanations that don't really satisfy. There are two moments in the life of Christ that are most portrayed in art, in music, in poetry, that are most contemplated by theologians. These two moments are first his incarnation, which is manifest in the babe of Bethlehem. And secondly, Christ crucified, Christ on the cross. When you want to hear God, let me encourage you, to remember with devotion these two moments in the life of our Lord. For if we truly prayerfully remember them, they are speaking always to us. God is saying through them, you are not alone. I am with you. I love you. Jesus doesn't only reveal to us things about God, but Jesus is God's very communication of himself and of his divine life. And to those who did accept him, he gave power to become children of God.